welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. It's another bonus episode week, so enjoy an extra conversation I had with Chris Rowling before we started recording. Along the way, we discussed the rage of small dogs, an absolute war between Meiko Satomura and Kairi Hojo, and the perfect One Direction songs for New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, The Golden Lovers. We join this conversation already in progress. like I'm coming through all right. A little quiet, weirdly enough. Yeah, Chris, God, be louder. I'm recording Pump the game. Pump the game. I'm recording in a place I normally don't. I'm in my girlfriend's kitchen, actually, or dining room, I guess. Hi, Christina. Are you hiding under the kitchen table or something? She is across the table from me. Lucas says hi. <laughs> You're too good for him. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> See, I'm still recording on boxes because <laughs> last weekend I like I. Cause the thing is, like, this is the baby's room, and so it's like the least developed one because he sleeps in with us. And so, mm. like, where there are still boxes in the house from our move in April, it is going to be in this room. And like last weekend, I went out and got myself a, a little like student desk from Big W, which is like Walmart, <laughs> which is like thirty bucks. Because I'm like, I got rid of my old desk when we moved so like there's not going to be space for an office and that's fine but i'm like i also can't record on boxes forever i need a flat surface somewhere mm-hmm. that's away from the rest of the house so i bought it but true to form i am now looking across the room at the box that it's in because i have to sit down and actually put it together <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah because that, that's the second hurt the first is getting out to like macquarie which is way across town to be like all right this is where the closest bw is this is where i can buy this one thing and get it home and great now i have to actually sit down and do the second hurdle which is actually doing the thing doing things sucks yeah it's, why can't things just be done it's the worst i did a similar thing where i was like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna hang some art and i like got some command strips i got some frames and i was like mm, i'll get to it <laughs> or i can stack my art like in a pile against the wall and then like when the dog runs by he can bump one of the frames and it'll fall over and break mm-hmm. i mean i've i've heard not that i've experienced <laughs> that myself yeah junior would never do anything like that He's such a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, Junior's been going back and forth. Although we've got now got a little like insert for the French doors at the back of the house where he can get out on his own, so he can stay in the house by himself now. But still, it's like every once in a while he comes back and like is shocked that the cats have taken over the house in his absence, and he's like, "What is this horse shit?" And so he runs around just being a complete asshole to them until one of them decides they've had enough and like hits him in the face real hard, <laughs> and then that stops. <laughs> But we've come back to, like, anytime we go to the park or to, like, breakfast or whatever without him, mm-hmm. we come back and something cardboard has been pulled out of the recycling and shredded into postage stamp-sized pieces. Oh, of course. Including, like, a pizza box. And I'm like, he, you're not a big enough dog to be shredding pizza boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's like twice his size. Just, like, the logistics of it are just, like, a measure of his rage. It's like, I'm going to do something where you're not even sure how I did it. That's how mad I am. <laughs> you know what I was going to say is that... Uh, 
that's it. Damn, it was something to do with uh, Hero and the Dishwasher and Rage and things that are funny and shouldn't be. Ah, damn it, it's gonna come to me. It was something about, like, ah, this is annoying. Anyway, it'll come back to me. But yeah, how angry young children are very funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you wanna cover. Um, yeah. I, I came in as unprepared as possible. As, as is my that, That's kind of how these go. See, I don't really remember. That was how the first one started. Because I was going to have Sims back on. Because he had, like, his first one, he had, like, 16 topics. And we covered, like, <laughs> four. And went, like, an hour long. And so I was like, all right, we well, can come back and we'll talk about some more stuff. And the first sentence as we hit record, I'm like, so what did you want to talk about today? And he's like, I don't fucking know. I didn't do the homework. <laughs> and so we just winged it. And I asked him about the Wu-Tang Clan. And we went from there. Well, yeah, I was going to be like, oh, we could talk about All In, but it will have aired by the time this goes up. It was funny. I was talking to my friend Alex yesterday in, in my like, wrestling group chat, which is like all my local people. And something about All In that just like frustrates me is I knew it was happening. And I saw everyone was talking about it. And I heard some good stuff and some bad stuff. And so I knew it was coming up. But actual details about the event, such as when it was who was on it, what the card was. It, We're just not there. If it's airing outside of the United States. Yeah, and I was just like, because uh, Alex says to me on Friday, he's like, oh, are you watching All In this weekend? And I went, oh, first thing, it's this weekend. Cool. Secondly, I have no idea where it's showing or who's on it. I know Cody and the Bucks are going to be there. I know Kenny and Coda are going to be there, but that's that's about it, you know? And that's just through like people tweeting about, isn't it funny when this happens? So it's one of those things where... You know, it's all commentary, no content. Welcome to the internet, I suppose. Well, yeah, it's like if you don't follow those guys on Twitter and Instagram, yep. it's nearly impossible to know anything about that show, which I guess is like kind of how they've been promoting it anyway. But I'll tell you what, I know lots about King of Trios that's happening this weekend. <laughs> Chikara are better at it than you are, Cody. Well, it's funny, I don't know anything that's going on with King of Trios. Oh, see, uh, part of the reason I know is because my local Fed has entered two teams. Oh, cool. One of them is technically a Shimmer team, because Shazam McKenzie and Madison Eagles and Jess Troy all are doing guest spots over in Shimmer right now. And so, even though Shazza is a face, is like the biggest face in the, in the company, and Madison and Jess are two of the biggest heels... It's like, nah, we'll be together. We're, we're coming from the same place. We've worked together before. And they're going up against a Joshi team that I'm not familiar with, but I feel like there are going to be some sore Australians on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, if I had to pick somebody to deal with, it would never be any Joshi person ever. Like, <laughs> I've seen just enough Joshi matches to know, like, Japanese women are oh, the scariest people in the world, and I never, ever want to... Training since 14 oh. to murder each other. Yeah, they all do that shit, too, where it's like, oh, we've literally been doing this our entire lives yeah it's the tokyo joshi freedom fighters and they all look adorable and have cute haircuts and there's a picture of them at the airport looking lost and i'm like they don't look like much and then my brain kicked me in the head and went have you ever seen a joshi match bro and i went oh yeah that's well, like i love that team sundai girls team roh match i saw that like really early on in my journey and like i was like oh these ladies rule <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Recently, the group chat linked to Catch Wrestling's thread on Kyrie Hojo versus... <laughs> Gosh, I always blank on her name. I know her name. I've read it a million times. I just never say it out loud. God damn it. Yoshirai? No, no, no. That one I know. This was Meiko Satomura. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that one match. That one fucking match that was just like a series of gifts of just like ridiculous, incredible, hard-hitting things. And considering that, you know, Kyrie is one of the hardest hitting women in NXT now, and watching her just, like, throw everything at Mako Satomura, the disc one final boss of women's wrestling. 
I've never seen that, and now I have to. I'm putting that on my list. I've actually, I've got a link to some of the gifts. But you know that thing where, you know, they'll trade forearm shots in the middle of the ring? Mm-hmm. Meiko Satomura throws roundhouse kicks instead. Cool. And Kairi Hojo is not very big. And, like, you can see them hit just under her rib cage, and I feel like you should see something pop out the other side. That's how hard it is. And stuff like, you know, the incredible platonic ideal of an elbow drop she does? Oh, yeah. It's artful. Yeah, it's artful. Uh, imagine that landing and Mako catching her in a cross-arm breaker as she lands. Oh, I think I may have actually just clicked on the gif you're talking about. Well, here, I've just dropped something into the chat. You can see, like, just one of the, the some of the strikes that are in this match. That computer is kind of chugging. This might take me a minute, apparently. <laughs> it's like, huh, <sighs> huh. Yeah, God forbid it has a web browser and Skype open at the same time. Yeah, I'm actually using Skype on my phone for that very reason. <laughs> it opened on some, like, horrible forum. Oh, no. I've added a second one as well because it was one I had missed, and I had to resist making an audible response noise as I saw it. While this is loading, I'll let you know my favorite thing that I heard in the last year or so was Lita talking about being in the Women's Rumble, and Kyrie Sane hit her with that sliding forearm in the corner. And apparently it's the hardest that Lita has ever been hit in her entire career. She's like, this 90-pound Japanese woman came sliding across the ring and hit me so hard I saw stars and I didn't know where I was. (laughs) And she's like, I slid out of the ring and one of the refs came to me and and said, are you okay? And she's like, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, I... She she is tiny, but like she moves so fast. That's not surprising. Yeah. And hits like a truck with all five eleven of her. <laughs> yeah, is she actually five eleven? Sorry, five one. Okay, Sorry, I was I gonna say. I was like, five she's one. taller than I am. Uh, I was laughing because there was a photo of her and Bailey and Sasha Banks at NXT after she won the championship, and Sasha Banks like towers over her. <laughs> Sasha Banks is real little. Sasha Banks is also a tiny, tiny human being, and and yet like dwarfs her. Oh, I was just saying. <laughs> Oh, that spear, the Kyrie Sane. Yep. Oh, the interceptor. Yeah. Except Mako Satomura barely moves. <laughs> she's so, <laughs> she's so resistant. It actually takes her a second to like fall. Yep. <laughs> oh my God, Satomura hits a flying arm drag into a leg catch off the turnbuckle. Oh, it's and that's the thing. It's all like butter smooth as well. There's one bit where like even just little like transitions, like you'll see like Kyrie pick a leg from a kick, and then roll under it and like hook the other ankle and roll into a Boston Crab, and it's just like it's so precise and smooth. Oh, that handspring like knee drop thing. Yeah, where she just like is doing a cartwheel and lets it continue and just fucking shins her in the face. Ooh, like, ugh. Oh, when she kicks her in the face during the sliding. Yeah, the sliding D, which got a new name. God. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's someone running full tilt at you and you just sort of stick your foot up and then kick. Oh, you can't see the faces I'm making, but it's like, this is hardcore. I'm definitely going to have to find this match because every one of these gifts oh. is just like unreal. The Alabama Slam? She should not be able to pick her up like that. Nope. But she does. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, every once in a while, you know, one of us will post in the group chat, and, and my friend Alex just dropped this one in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out later. Uh, I saw a few bits of it. And then I went back every couple of hours or so and just, like, looked into the thing and found something new to yell about because it's just, it's all it's all gold in there. Oh, man, I got to the reversal. Yikes. That is unreal. <laughs> Even though that, like, armbar cross is, like, it's not the smoothest it could be, but also think you've just caught someone out of midair. Yeah. <laughs> caught someone in the midst of, like, her limit break. Ah! I remember what I was going to say about the baby now. 
That was it. Because you see, Chris, what you learn when you're a parent mm. is that if a kid who's sitting in a high chair earns enough good boy points by eating his food nicely and not making a mess, <laughs> his super meter fills up and he gains his clear out attack and he can just sweep his arm from left to right really fast <laughs> and knock everything off his high chair. That's what I learned this morning. Oh, okay. So it's been an interesting morning for the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, but it's been a good morning, and I was like, wait, where did this come from? And then I did the math, and I went, oh, I see, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> It's like in Titanfall, when you charge up your core and hit the button, and just everything fires like a death blossom. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw, I got to, because uh, true to his background, my kid loves ramen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like loves it to pieces. Because he's, he's on the on the right side of history. Absolutely, we learned this because he was sick one week and he wasn't keeping food down very well. And Kimiko out of nowhere was just like, "Here, do you want to try some broth?" And he just not only tried it, but then like locked his hands on the spoon. And was just like, <laughs> "This is mine now." Now he loves noodles, or uh, as we call it, he goes for some sick nudes. Well, yeah, yeah. So like, we give him a, like I'd cool some off and put give him a little bowl, and he just goes in like fist after fist and does the, like the lady in the tramp slurp, <laughs> like. <laughs> And I swear, like, I got a bowl of ramen and, like, put some aside for him. And he ate about three quarters of my noodles out of that bowl. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, the waitress would come by and she was just like, hey, how's it going? Oh, hi, cutie. Wow, that is a lot of noodles. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd be there with, like, half of them hanging out of his face like Cthulhu, just like, sup? I'm kind of a big deal. That's fantastic. I love, like, just the image of a baby just housing a bunch of ramen noodles (laughs) as a waitress. She just keeps walking by like, um, is he good? I'm like, yeah, I asked for a little bowl and requested it be plastic, because if you give him one of the nice ceramic bowls you had, he will attempt to wear it as a hat, and it will fall over and smash. <laughs> Just saying. I know what I'm about, son. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know those things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Although, uh, his hair's getting ridiculous, and I keep threatening to Kimiko that I'm gonna take him to the barbershop and get it cut. She's like, no, he must be a shaggy boy forever. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at his dad. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's like I had like one blessed day where after my haircut, where my hair got blow dried straight, and then it was just like the next day it just exploded into its usual like sentient cloud of curls, and I'm like, this is for my hubris. Yeah, I saw that. for thinking that I might have smooth hair. I think I saw that one on day. Instagram. You had like the the day one, day two shot. <laughs> yeah, it's to the point where it's like I was thinking I'm like starting because it's getting longer. I'm starting to wear it a bit more natural because it won't stay in my old style anymore. But I, the first time I did that, and I went to work, and I'm like, all right, I'll see how this goes. And this guy, and I walked by, and he went, wow, I've never seen your hair look that messy. Are you okay? And I'm just like, fuck you. Just, just go away. I know, you can't say something like that to somebody. That's like if you see somebody who's not wearing makeup, and you're not used to it, and you're like, oh, are you are you sick? Like, you just can't. Yeah, you are, can't, you are you tired? Yeah, you're really tired. don't do that. On Thursday, because I, I went during my lunch break to get a haircut, and because there's a place just like up the road from my work that will do it in like 20 minutes. I do a no bullshit place. They'll like do a, a beard trim and like shave the sides and like just tidy up the ends and stuff. And I came back, and it was the smooth shot you saw. And I went to my boss, and he's like, Oh, you got a haircut? And I went, Yep. And he goes, I think they missed a part. I'm like, Shut up, Dad. <laughs> Uh, I suppose we should start. We are 22 minutes yeah, into yeah. it. Although part of that was just yelling about gifts of um, yeah, <laughs> which more is fine. brutalizing like, I could, Kairi Hojo. I could talk about those two all day. They're the best. Although you, if you do see anything out of King of Trios, look for a guy named Mick Moretti, who's part of the other Australian team. Because there's the one big heel group in the Fed called the Four Nations. They come out to Seven Nation Army, which is great. Because <laughs> there's like seven of them. Yeah. 
And then they all have their own variation, which almost sounds like a remix of Seven Nation Army, but it's something else. Like Adam Hoffman comes out to one that has the same like oh. like minor key drums, but then it becomes like a metal cover of Be Prepared from The Lion King. Like Jestroy comes out, but it's it's the same. It's Blue Orchid, which is basically starts off with the Seven Nation Army drums and then segues into that. It, which is, I never thought Blue Orchid would be a fucking great entrance theme, but here we are. Hey, that works great. And all of them are the X Nation. So they are the, the Blue Nation, the Red Nation, and their trunks have, like, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like, diamond pattern. Oh, I think I've seen pictures of those guys. Maybe just that you've posted. Yeah, and it's it's good. It's all very good. And the thing is, at first, they're like, oh, they're the heels. Fuck, we hate them. And then we realize they're the glue that keeps the Fed together. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, you need to get a good guy team over, send them in against the Four Nations key among them is Mick Moretti because all the others like Jack Bonza is like bald and he has a slightly military gimmick and he's very stern faced and uh, you know he'll throw you around and be technical and he's the red nation and then you've got Mick Moretti who has like crusty the clown spiky hair out to the sides and wears steampunk goggles and the purple crocodile coat from Suicide Squad just like comes out spinning like a Tasmanian devil and has a scepter with like a crystal on the top and when Bonzo will pick someone up to suplex them, and if they're big, Mick will lean over, pull up his scepter, and go, Wingardium Leviosa! And then he'll do the suplex. And I'm like, that's fucking great. Oh, they'll fit in just perfectly at Chikara. Oh, absolutely. And I once described him to someone as like, okay, so take the Joker and take the Tasmanian Devil and sort of blend them and then feed them to a steampunk Count Olaf. That's McMoretti. <laughs> That's, there's a lot of good stuff going on in there. Absolutely. And the thing is, he's now gotten like over so over with the local crowd, even though he's still part of the heel faction, that they will cheer for Moretti and boo anyone else he's with. To the point where it's like, he will stand on the turnbuckle, everyone will go, yeah, Mick Moretti. And then Bonzo will stand up on the other turnbuckle, put his arm on, they go, boo, fuck you, Bonzo, go away. <laughs> and like they'll trade it off. And you see Mick Moretti kind of shrug and kind of pat Bonzo on the shoulder like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I hope they go up against... There's actually a Minnesota team in King of Trios this year. That's like the one thing I know about. <laughs> the Galactic Wildlife Commission. Excellent, excellent. Thunderfrog, Airwolf, and Wildcat, who, I'm, <laughs> uh, who all rule. I love Chikara so much. All three of these dudes do this gimmick outside of Chikara. Yeah, they're like Wildcat and Thunderfrog have been longtime Minnesota wrestlers. Like they're in all of like the local shows. Thunderfrog used to be Estonian Farmer Frog in Chikara as far as I know. <laughs> but now he's he's Thunderfrog and he's got like the Thor frog gimmick. I was about to say he's he, he's the frog of thunder. He's, yeah, he's Walt Simonson's Thor. He is exactly the, the frog of thunder. He has a hammer. Everybody plays the gimmick where they can't lift it. Um, and he'll like use it to pin people or he'll like drop it on the ring and everybody, you know, jumps up. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've seen that amazing gif. He's great. He's also like, I've run into him like in, you know, during uh, intermission or whatever after a show and he's trying to sell t-shirts. He's like one of the funniest people. Um, cause he's just got this like ridiculous cartoon voice, super fun guy. He's really great in the ring, but like. The one to watch from that is Airwolf. Okay. He is not a helicopter. <laughs> but we actually went to a local show at First Ave, as made famous by Prince, of all people. But they, <laughs> they literally just throw a wrestling ring on the dance floor of First Avenue, and it's a riot. It's one of my favorite things to do. They run two shows there a year. But at the last one, they had a big title match where Airwolf beat Eric Cannon, who is actually like the owner of that fed, and he's kind of like a... He'll turn up on a couple of like mid-level indies but he's eric cannon the anarchist he comes out to anarchy in the uk and all that he's pbr's official wrestler 
<laughs> He'll do like stone cold spots, but with PBR. He basically passed the torch on to Airwolf, who won the championship the day after his high school graduation. Oh my he god, is, these babies! He's phenomenal. Like he is, he's like a kind of traditional looking luchador guy, but he's got like a wolf mask, and he does just like really great athletic spots he has like super great timing he's crazy athletic like he's even like okay on the mic which i don't think i'd heard him talk until this last show but like he he's good for like a younger guy who's basically doing like a pretty straightforward like technico thing mm -hmm. um but i'm curious to see if they do all right in king of trios because yeah two of those guys i think wildcat's done shikara before so like they might do something fun there Cool. It's a weird group of teams. Though. I'm looking like was not expecting PJ Black. Oh yeah, the Nexus Alliance. PJ Black, Michael Tarver, <laughs> Fred Rosser. Ah yes. Like remember us. We're still doing stuff. Yeah. Nobody will ever let the Nexus die. <laughs> I want to see a core team. Yeah, give me, give me a team of the core. <laughs> Two R's. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, uh, remind me again how old you are, by the way. Uh, I am 27. Okay, so you're not at the point where I'm at, where it's like every once in a while you'll see like a cool wrestler at a show, and then they'll post something like, hey, celebrating my 21st with the fam, and you'll just be like, oh god, I shall crumble into dust. Go away. I don't know, man. Every time I'm reminded that Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn are like 22 and 23 or whatever they are, I'm pretty ruined by that. I posted about it the other day, but it's like, every once in a while I'll think back to some of the wrestling of my childhood, and I'll think like, okay, those were, those were old guys at the time. And then I'll realize that like at Royal Rumble 93, when it was like Big Boss Man versus Bam Bam Bigelow, and they were two older guys, and they were in the middle of the card, and it was an okay match. And it was like, okay, Boss Man's putting over Bam Bam, who's new in the company. And so yeah, they gave Boss Man the match where he can pretty much like do a couple of his things, but then get squashed and go away, mm -hmm. because he was kind of in the tail end of his initial WWF run. And I'm like, okay, I remember that match and then i looked up the, the logistics of it and boss man was 30 in that match oh my god 30 and i just went wait but he was already established like years earlier like he did that terrible team with akim the african dream called the twin towers and that was like years before so i'm like but then the boss man's always just sort of looked like that like when he was wearing the swat gear in the 90s he looks the same as when he was doing that terrible gimmick of the prison guard back in the day that's bizarre it's just people who have the same face I have just learned that Pete Dunne's shoot name of all the things it could be is Peter Thomas England. <laughs> it's like learning that Ricky Steamboat's real name is Richard Blood. And he's like, nah, that's not cool enough for me. Like, Pete Dunne's gimmick is essentially just like the dirtiest British boy who ever lived. And his literal name is Peter England. Oh my god, we saw, like, they came out for the Progress versus PWA show, and it was at the casino, so it was at the Star, and it was the first time they'd ever had that venue. And before then, yeah, we saw Trent Seven and Pete Dunne just walking around, and Trent Seven's instantly identifiable. Mm. And then you look at it, it's like, who's that fuckboy with him? <laughs> and then you look, and you're like, oh, that's Pete Dunne wearing, like, a tank top where it has the long armholes that nearly go to your hips, and, like, orange, like, flat-brimmed baseball cap. And it's just like, he looks like the shitty son who's with his dad for the weekend. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard he's like the nicest guy. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, the, the sneer on him could crinkle paint. It's unreal. Like, I recently saw some videos of him, like, messing around with a kid in the ring where he was like, set him up for the bitter end. And then he, like, doesn't do it and, like, kind of shoves the kid and is like, ah, get out of here. Oh, yeah, he bit an old lady at our show. <laughs> Like, for real, because he, after his match, he was walking back to the locker room, and this old lady heckled him. 
And when I say old lady, it was a casino. So it was a casino old lady. Mm-hmm. And he leaned over and he grabbed her hand and, like, admittedly with a mouth guard so it was safe. Yeah. Did the bite thing on her and the heel heat that came from the crowd. And, like, Jim Smallman was there as the, as the announcer. And he's like, I have... Because she then, like, waved it off and, like, no-sold it and stuff. And she's like, if she comes back after intermission, I want to take her hand. That lady is cool. Oh, I was going to ask if she sold. I'm, like, kind of sad she no-sold. No, she sold at first because she was terrified that he was actually going <laughs> to bite her. Because <laughs> he grabbed her hand and shoved it into his mouth. And you see her, like, fucking flinch. Like, it's like oh, God, this terrible boy is going to bite me. Well, yeah, if that guy, if he's kind of terrifying. If he comes at you, you're going to be freaked out. Yeah. Although with his nose, bless him, it's going to be like a hatchet's being thrown at you. Mm-hmm. But no, Jim Smallman also got to see one of my favorite gimmicks of PWA, which is the wrestling boy band, the luchador boy band, who come out to a Spanish version of You Don't Know You're Beautiful with the headphone mics like molded into their masks. They do the dance and everything as they are known as One Direction. That's That's the best thing I've heard all week. Yeah, they're the kings of song style. <laughs> I have to look them up. Oh, they're great. They're fucking great. And the thing is, their heels, when they come out with fake Nirvana shirts that say One Direction in the Nirvana font, and when they're good guys, they come out in all white, to the point where it's like, depending if they're heels that week, and we cheer for them because we love them, the one who's managing will come over and go, shh, no, no, you boo. One is bad today. <laughs> they all have names like the strong one, the sexy one, the romantic one, and the big one. It's like an extension of that one Gravity Falls bit, but they're luchadors, <laughs> and they're in a boy band, and I love it. And when they come out, they have, like, on their screen, they have all the waving hands of the screaming crowd, and then the crowd screams for real, because they're great. And Jim, we get to watch Jim Smallman react in real time to a <laughs> Spanish-language wrestling boy band. And when they stopped, it was just him, like, quietly laughing into a microphone, being like, this is the best fucking thing. <laughs> I have never seen anything like that. He's a treat. Yeah. So yeah, have you found One Direction? I have. They sure do have a lot of look. <laughs> they were the first PWA t-shirt I ever bought. Because it's the same as the Shinsuke shirt, except it says One Direction Kings of Song Style. Kings of Song Style. Oh, man. And yeah, I think I've told you, my friend Francis is like the biggest One Direction fan on the planet. Hi, Francis. Love you. And she also owns like the best collection of ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> and so, like, she's a person who feels things deeply. And uh, she was also the one who, who, between us, we worked out which two One Direction songs were for Kenny and Kota in their Golden Lovers run. And what are the answers for that? Oh, uh, I'll look it up. Oh, hang on. Because it was specifically... Hang on. I will find it. Here we go. She she wrote it as, Lucas asked me which One Direction song perfectly soundtracks the love story of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. I guess because he wants my heart to smash into a million pieces. And for the record, we realized that Kota rescuing Kenny is through the dark. And their triumphant return is Strike Me Down. See, I don't know those ones. Those are deep cuts. Okay, I will read this to you and tell me this doesn't sound like a Tumblr poem. You know, the Golden Lovers reunion. You tell me you're sad and you've lost your way. You tell me your tears are here to stay. I know you're only hiding and I just want to see you. You tell me you're hurt and you're in pain. and I can see your head is held in shame, but I just want to see you smile again. I want to see you smile again. Don't burn out, even if you scream and shout. It'll come back to you and I'll be here for you. I will carry you over fire and water for your love. I will hold you closer. Hope your heart is strong enough. When the night is coming down on you, we will find a way through the dark. Come on! Wow. They made, they made a lot of money with that song, huh? They did. And it, where it gets better is think about 
Okay, this is the now reformed Kenny on the lead up to taking on Okada again to win the title. I've got fire for a heart. I'm not scared of the dark. You've never seen it look so easy. I've got a river for a soul, and baby, you're a boat. Baby, you're my only reason. If I didn't have you, there would be nothing left. The shell of a man who could never be his best. If I didn't have you, I'd never see someone. You taught me how to be someone. All my life, you stood by me when no one else was ever behind me. All these lights, they can't blind me. With your love, nobody can drag me down. Come on! That just goes to show. Just picture Ibushi in his angel promo where the feathers are falling and shit. You know? What did it cost you? Everything. Remember how that happened? It fucking happened because wrestling is the best, Chris. Because <laughs> they opened with a video where Kota Ibushi was a literal angel from literal heaven. And then they did the ending of the big Marvel movie. And I guess that makes Kenny a genocidal alien person. I don't know. He's already the Terminator, and he's already that, that guy from Destiny with the Phoenix Wing. <laughs> he was generic Destiny character last year. Yep, yep, that was good. It's funny, because I sent that to, to JoJo Seams, the first Omega Okada match, and it was just like, she had to clarify, because pro wrestling, she's like, okay, so is he the Terminator for his entrance, or is he an actual Terminator? <laughs> uh, both? Both, but in this case, for his entrance. Yeah. Like, mostly... for example, in the same way that, you know, Missile Assault Ant is an ant but also mrs Salt man well yeah he's a man now he did also shoot a rocket launcher at a bus full of children <laughs> in that very child-friendly story for kids you know for kids yeah it's for the kids much like wu-tang clan jakar is for the kids chris we're at 38 minutes we should probably start the fucking episode <laughs> oh have we not been in it i thought we were in no it. we haven't i didn't do my intro or nothing you okay goon. go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so much bonus content